Welcome back to the We Might Have Answers podcast, guys. This is Josh. I'm here with Emma. Sup, guys. And Hudson again. Hey. Um, today is going to be a little bit different. Obviously, our first episode was more of an intro talking about uh, who we are, what we're going to do. But we actually have quest- a question today um, to cover. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, how you guys are doing? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. A little sore, to be honest. <laughs> I'm more sore than you are. I'm so sore. We did arm day yesterday. They made me go to the gym with them. I'm dying. Emma, it's so bad. Emma gets a 10 out of 10, though. She Did I only lift 20 pounds? Yes, but it hurt really bad. She so did the entire workout, I did though. two and a half hours. Well. 2.15. Like, we took really long breaks. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was a good time. Emma went with me and Hudson. Um, and like I said, she killed it. She didn't like give up at all. Thank you. Like coming in, she was like, uh, "We're not." It was her and her in Ireland. Shout out to Ireland. Um, she they both said, "Oh, we're not gonna make it the two hours," and they they made it over two hours. Mm-hmm. Hudson was taking really long breaks last night. Okay, actually, funny story. One of the workers had to come over there and tell us oh like to move because we were taking up three benches just sitting there and talking. <laughs> And he was like, hey, if you want to talk, you can go to the benches up front. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We actually are working out, I promise. We had just finished a set. That's why I was a little bit annoyed. But that's besides the point. But we were taking up three benches. Yeah, but also there was like no one there. So it was kind of a, we just had to be respectful and walk away. Yeah. And we did. (laughs) We did. We went right back to our next set and knocked it out. Um, But yeah, everybody's pretty sore. Arm day is a lot of fun, though. Um, Tomorrow is going to be worse, I'm sure. It's always worse on the second day. But yeah, so we're we're doing good. We're having a good time in the gym, working out. Um, let's start out by share share a high since the last time we met. Share a high and a low, Hudson. Uh, okay. Um, since the last time we met, a high. Uh, can you come back to me? I really didn't <laughs> think about this. Okay, Emma, you go. I'll go. Okay, I think my high is getting reposted by Chris Renzima. I oh think that was goodness. I don't think that was the highlight of just my last two weeks. I think that was the highlight of my life. That was so cool. So we made like a singing video covering one of his songs. Which one? It was uh, just as just good. as good. And he reposted it on his story. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. Um, my low. Oh gosh, I don't know if I have a low. Probably just COVID being annoying right now. Uh-huh. I think is the only you're thing. you're gonna say you had it. It's scary. Huh? I oh, no, I didn't. Oh no, I, I know my low. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> don't steal my low. <laughs> no, I'm gonna steal your low. No, but uh, Emma's actually, my low is gonna be you causing my low. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, Chris Renzima did repost us. If you haven't listened to Chris Renzima, shout out to him, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> We love you. There's no Um, way. There's just no (laughs) way. (laughs) No, we were, what happened was we posted that on um, TikTok and Instagram. I tagged him. We went to Tropical Smoothie and I'm sitting there and Emma's like, hey, Christian Demon's on Instagram. You should tag him (laughs) right now. I was like, that's a really good idea. So I did and it wouldn't post. Like it, it just wasn't posting. So we figured we missed our window. And then so we were going to play games, I think. And, um, we pull into my driveway and I get a notification <laughs> and it said, Chris Renzima has mentioned you in his story. And we freaked. We were screaming so loud. It was so <laughs> funny. 
Oh it's crazy. God. My story views went up by like literally 400. Yeah, mine went up <laughs> by like two. Um, I feel like Emma is a professional stalker. Like the fact that she just know. No. no. Okay, listen. He posted like two minutes before that. Okay. That's how I knew. Okay. I. That's the only reason I knew. Okay. okay. But it was pretty stalkerish. I mean, I'm not going to lie. She was like, he's on right now. Did I get us posted? She did. Probably. So, yeah. Anyway, did you have, you said your low is COVID. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of people down right now, so pray for them. Hudson, you got your your highs and lows. Yeah, sure. Um, that was definitely one of my highs, and I'd just say my other high was actually leading worship on Wednesday night. Like it was, we had like no one there because everyone was out for COVID, but it was one of our best worship sets, I would say. Even though I completely, completely forgot to go up on the part I was supposed to. Yeah, Hudson left me and Emma hanging, but it's all good. (laughs) Josh was singing the low harmony, and it just sounded so empty. But he's right. The energy in worship this past Wednesday was really, really good. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. And then I would say my low is Joshy over here gave oh me gosh. a stomach bug. <laughs> and it had to have been the worst stomach bug I've ever had in my life. Like excruciating pain from 6 to 2 a.m. And it was awful. Like I was out of it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We, no. Well, he'll tell you he'll tell you a little more about that, but he thought it was something else at first. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and share my high and low. If you you just heard my low, but um, my high <clears throat> is taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, if you don't know what that is, look so it up. fun. It's so fun. It's this game <clears throat> with the dumbest concept <laughs> known to man. Like literally, you take turns laying down cards and saying taco cat goat cheese pizza if you say the same one uh, or the same card that pop i don't know it's such a silly concept but it's so fun like we've gotten in like competitive fights over it. broken nails yeah blood sweat tears all kinds of stuff but that's we played that a bunch but really i mean my highlight is just everybody being back in town after the holidays i get to hang out um it's been great my low as hudson said i did get a stomach bug this past wednesday um it was at Don Pepe's which is great restaurant in um in Conway but I'm not going to eat it for like a solid 2 months <laughs> because I went home that night like 2 hours after I ate it so I'm thinking okay I just ate some bad chicken bad steak I don't know like I didn't think it was a stomach bug for sure thought it was food poisoning um but then I get a text from Hudson telling me that he's sick Tyson's sick Another one of our friends, Lauren, was sick. My sister got sick. So I'm still not convinced Hudson didn't spread it, but I will take the fall, I guess. Okay, but no matter who gave it to me um, or if I spread it, I had to miss my second day of work. I had literally <laughs> just gotten my job. By the way, I'm a waiter now, and so I'm making the big bucks. I uh, made $95 already, yeah. And so I had to miss my second day of work, and it was on the weekend, and that's when we get the big tips. So that sucked. Like, I almost, like, muscled through it and tried to, like, say I was okay, but I was not. Like, I was just puking my guts out. Okay. I was trying to avoid that. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even tell him about the worst part. Okay, stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) No, that was – the stomach bug was terrible, truly. It was – I was down for a solid two days and, like, just recovered my energy. Still recovering, honestly. I'm good now. Was I the only one? That didn't get it? Cole, too. Cole didn't get it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I didn't. Sorry. If you're listening, I don't. we're saying all these people. You don't know who they are, more than likely. I mean, a few of you probably do. But, yeah, shout out to those people because y'all don't know them. But, um, yeah. So, a few of us got sick. That was our lows. 
But I guess we can, uh, you want to dive into the question of the week? Yeah. Okay. So our question is. Left or right twigs. Anyways, our Whoa, question is. Why you is, the mic like that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Our question is, how do I find joy in suffering? And this is something that I think a lot of Christians, it's kind of like a, I don't know, I don't want to say a buzz, a buzz phrase, not necessarily a buzz word, but a lot of people will throw out, oh, you need to find joy in your suffering. Like you need to be, um, look for joy in your suffering. And that's really easy to say, but extremely hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to answer, try to answer to the best of our ability, what that means, what that looks like, where we're pulling this from is, uh, James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Um, I've heard other translations say perseverance. I think perseverance makes a little bit more sense to me just because that's a word I'll use regularly, so you'll probably hear me say that. Um, But that's from the ESV. So, um, yeah, what do y'all think? What do y'all think just right off the, the top of your heads about that? Um when I'm looking for an answer and somebody just tells me, Oh, just find joy in it. Like, and I gotta lie, that makes me mad sometimes because that's first of all, not what I'm going to hear. And second of all, not always like super helpful. So I feel like if people could maybe explain what that means or tell me like <clears throat> how to specifically find joy in that, like basically tell me, Oh, there might be something like, here's what maybe God's trying to show you through this, or here's maybe what the, how this is going to pan out in the end. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely like, like Josh said, it's kind of just like, it's a very popular term with Christians. I feel like these days just, oh, find joy in your suffering. And it's not always, um, addressed well, I would say. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. For sure. I think, um, it's one of those things that to a non-believer, a non-Christian, finding joy in suffering is the exact opposite of what we're what we're wired to do, especially in the world. Nobody, if you're suffering, you want to get out of it. So to hear someone say to you as a, as a non-Christian, um, find joy in your suffering, that just sounds laughable. Um, so our goal today is to kind of break that down, see what, um, James meant in writing that. Um, and there's other, like finding joy in suffering and, and persevering through struggles is all throughout the Bible. That's not, this is just one verse that I think most people pull this finding joy from, finding joy and suffering from. Um, so yeah, Emma, you have any thoughts before we, before we dive in? I don't know. I definitely do think it's easier said than done. So I am excited to see what you all have to say and I'm excited to give my point of view on it. Yeah. The first thing I would point out, it's kind of small, um, but I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on it. I think he says, count it, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And I don't think there was, I don't think he unintentionally said to various kinds. Mm-hmm. I think that um, really doesn't minimize the reality of struggle in a sin-filled world. Because, I mean, what is suffering? Um, it's, it's really subjective. I mean, mm-hmm. suffering for me, it looks completely different than suffering for, for you or for Emma or whoever. I mean, suffering is definitely just a very subjective thing. So I think James is making it a point to say various kinds so that we understand that this is finding joy in suffering of every kind, small, big, um, 
long lasting, mm-hmm. short, short suffering, all of it. We're supposed to find joy and look to God in all of those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I just think scripture, scripture isn't naive to the fact that, um, finding joy in suffering, like I said, is the exact opposite of, of what we want to do. Um, and I can't imagine James would have written about this if our na- natural inclination was to, in suffering, be joyful. Um, I, I just think that in, in our daily lives, if I'm going through something tough or anyone is going through something tough, our, our yearning is to get out of it. Um, yeah. yeah, y'all have anything you want to add to that? Um, I actually have a verse that I just found, and I think this is really good telling us why uh, we sometimes go through this cycle of suffering. So it's it's First Peter 5, 8 through 10, and it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, notice that doesn't say he will do that even on this side of heaven. So honestly, that restoring, confirming, strengthening, and establishing could be in our heavenly bodies once we go to be with him. So either here on this earth or with him in eternity, he's going to restore us back to um, back to what we were, or not back to what we were, back to him. And so that just gives us like a hopeful end game, basically. And I think that gives me a lot of hope in suffering. So. Yeah. There's this, there's this, I guess, kind of dark reality, but it's not dark. If As, as a Christian, it's not dark by any means. But um, we've talked about it in our in my Sunday school class that I lead. In suffering, there's two options, um, or there's two outcomes. And those outcomes are either in suffering, you're going to die and you're going to be with the Lord. Um, as a Christian, and that is the end goal for our entire lives. Like, that's what we're yearning for. That's what we're waiting for. Or you're going to come out of suffering with a stronger reliance on God. You're going to come out of suffering, um, as as James writes, with stronger perseverance, better perseverance in order to face whatever struggles are coming your way because they're coming. I mean, the Bible warns us against those. So in suffering, like, you're either going to be with Jesus, you're going to come out, and you're going to be stronger with a with an even better reliance on Him. Um so I think that's something to keep in mind, and, and that allows you to um, just kind of put things in per, into perspective because, like I said, two options, and both of them are good. Yeah, and I definitely want to bring um, like bring out the fact that we said how to have joy and suffering as a Christian because I just want to point out that if you're not a Christian— there's just no way you're going to find joy in suffering. Like, I'm sorry, as dark as this sounds, like you should not find joy in suffering because there's nothing better waiting for you. Once you get through that, all you're going to be doing is waiting for another suffering or you're going to die and then you're going to have eternal suffering. So really for the non-believer, there is no hope there. And that's why Jesus is the source of all life, our hope and our salvation, because he is the reason why we can get through that suffering. But as a non-believer, I mean, you're really just out in the water with no life preserver. It's, it's a bad spot to be in. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just a harsh reality. Um, it's, it's to anyone listening. That's not a Christian. That's not a, um, dig at you. That's not, that's true care. Um, because like Hudson said, living, living without Christ, you are destined for an eternity of suffering. Um, and that is something that, 
um, we want to prevent. Uh, as as believers, we're called to make disciples, and so warning you guys of that and, and allowing you to know that there is a greater purpose. There is something that you can cling to in suffering. Uh, with this, that's the entire goal of this podcast is to make Jesus' name known, um, so that more people can have that um, eternal peace, eternal um, just just like I said, something to cling to in moments of struggle, in moments of suffering. Um, yeah, Amy, you have any thoughts? I think for me, how I have found joy in my sufferings is just simply realizing that the Lord never does anything unintentionally. Like he always puts trials in your life for a reason and for a purpose. And learning to trust in that is super important. Um, just like, I mean, James 1, 2, 3 said, count it all joy, um, whatever trial that he's placed in your life, like just realize that. He's using you and he's using the situation for the good of his kingdom. Um, I remember with my mom having cancer a few years ago, like I just kept asking like, why? Like, why is this happening? Why? My mom's the sweetest person ever. Like, why would you let this happen to her? My dad is also the sweetest person ever. Why would you let him watch his wife go through something like that? Um, but the way I saw the Lord work through that whole situation was so crazy. Just watching my family get closer together, my my church come together to support us, to pray for us, make us bracelets and t-shirts, bring us food, all of that, and giving me a new perspective on church family. Um, just seeing all of that um, was so cool. And so trusting that he's got everything under control and just asking yourself, like, how is he going to use me through my trials? And what is he going to teach me through my trials? And so that's what I've the two questions I ask myself a lot through any trials that I'm going through currently, like with anxiety, um, anxiety is awful. Um, but realizing that he definitely could use it for the good of his kingdom, um, with me going into ministry, like pouring into younger girls, like people have anxiety. And so, you know, that relatability of it, just like stuff like that, I think just finding, I don't know, just finding things to just realize like, Hey, this is a part of his plan. Um, and just being, I guess, kind of honored that you get to be a part of his plan is kind of a cool perspective to look at it as well. So That's a good word. That'll preach. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's important to remember that, like, with Emma's situation and, and what James is writing, um, when Emma found out that her mom had cancer, James is not saying that she, in her suffering, in that trial— should have just like jumped up and down in celebration like yeah i'm going through this this is so great um the bible recognizes so many times that grief and hardship are very real yeah um and, and james isn't minimizing that by saying find joy in your suffering mm -hmm. what's he what he's doing is he's saying you should struggle you should cry you should weep you should go through hard times um but as emma demonstrated and her entire family which was awesome to see demonstrated in that struggle is that being mindful that struggling and, and suffering serves a purpose mm -hmm. um, is is what James is saying. That's what you need to do because he, it produces perseverance. So now, like Emma said, when when someone else faces a similar struggle, because, I mean, cancer is very real. It, it affects so many people. When mm -hmm. she wants to go to ministry, so chances are she's going to come in contact with someone that has a family member that... Um, is stricken by cancer and she's going to already have 
the experience, the knowledge of what that's like so she can be relatable. She can um, meet them where they're at. And so not celebrating suffering, not being mm-hmm. happy that it's happening, but instead knowing, okay, God, what is this doing? What am I going to learn? How am I going to grow from this? Because um, I think that's the misconception that James is saying, be excited about your suffering. No, not at all. Um, but let's, I kind of want to dive into perseverance for a second. Hudson, do you have anything you want to add to that before we, before we move on? Um, kind of just what Emma was talking about. I think that's like one of the biggest steps in spiritual maturity that somebody can take is just realizing like, or having the ability to step back and say, and analyze and say like, okay, what is God putting me through right now? And for what purpose? And not that we'll always um, figure that out right away, but just being able to step back and kind of ponder. Our pastor likes to talk about that a lot, how Mary pondered in her heart these things after the angel told her about her having Jesus Christ. And so pondering is a big part of the Christian life because we're not always just going to be able to jump out and be like, oh, this is why God's putting me through my mom having cancer. Like you're not going to get that immediately. But when you step back and look at it and look at the effects it's having on you, on others around you, it just creates a lot of uh, a growth because you just see the faithfulness of God through it, where if you didn't ponder that, you might've just missed it altogether. And so I just think that's like a really big step you can take. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's true. It is a big part of maturity because as a I don't know, we call them baby Christians. Like when you first come to know Christ, that idea of finding joy in suffering is still so new that it, it's something that comes with time and understanding that God is sovereign. He's He reigns over all situations, good and bad. Um, so Hudson's right. Just growing in that and understanding that um, that is a part of your spiritual maturity. Um, but as far as perseverance goes, I, I was preparing for to talk about this in, in, with this podcast, and I heard, I, I found this really cool illustration. So Michelangelo is a, is an extremely, I mean, I don't have to tell you who he is. He's a famous sculptor. Um, everybody who's been in a eighth grade history class knows who he is. Um, so there's this sculpture called the awakening. Um, I, I think if I understood it correctly, he didn't get to finish this. Basically you see it and it's bits of what would have been a finished sculpture. Um, you can see like his chiseled abs and like big biceps and part of his face, but it's unfinished. And so before the the thought here is before Michelangelo started this sculpture, um, he was staring at a big block of marble, like just a huge block, nothing significant about it, just strictly marble. Um, but in order to start any sculpture he did, but we'll we'll just go with the awakening here. In order to start that, he had to see the finished product before he ever chiseled away at the marble. Um, He had to know what he was doing, what marks to make, where to hit the hammer, and he had this mental picture of what the finished product was going to look like. And so, in the same way, if we're talking about struggling and finding joy in that and, and perseverance, we are God's block of marble. Um... He sees us from the very beginning to the very end, from our block of marble like Michelangelo Michelangelo would see to our finished sculpture. I mean, he has like the statue of David is probably, I I, I don't want to be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that's like his most famous work. Um, But that was still just a block of marble from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So God knows how you're going to grow in suffering. 
God knows um, whatever you're going through, he already sees the end of that and knows how you being chiseled out of marble will compare that to suffering, how that's going to turn out. Now, that's not it. Here's a convicting part of this, and this is what really got me. Um, when, if we, if God is holding the chisel and the hammer and he's doing the work, he's the one chiseling away at us in suffering and, and seeing us grow and seeing us developed into this eventual glorification of our bodies when we're with Jesus. Um, if he's holding that, why am I so often praying, God, please remove the hammer, please remove the chisel? Um, or in other words, God, please take this suffering away. Mm. Um, that, that was, that's just really convicting. And I, I don't think that asking God to take suffering away is inherently bad. Cause again, I think that's part of our nature, but why instead of God take this suffering away, why is our prayer sometimes all the time not more of a God, if it be your will, take this suffering from me. But in the meantime, what are you revealing to me? How am I going to come out of this stronger or more closely tied to you? How am I going to be able to use this struggle in the future um, to minister to people, to be able to connect to people, relate to people, whatever that may be? <clears throat> and so in suffering, in praying about taking suffering away, if we're going to ask God to take it away, uh, we have to be prepared and okay with the answer being no, mm -hmm. with God saying, no, I'm not going to take this struggle away from you right now because you are growing. You are learning. You may not see it now, but you will. Um, God is, God doesn't mess up. There's no, everything serves a purpose. I think Emma said that earlier and that includes suffering. Um, so yeah, there's, there's my, my, my soapbox there. That he was, was so excited <laughs> about sharing that. <laughs> I was. I, I, it was really, really enlightening to me. I'm just glad I didn't spoil it this time because last time he was telling that, like, I just jumped in and told it. I don't know why. I was feeling like a jerk that day, and he was so mad. That day? Yes, that day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, he did ruin it last time, though, when we were talking about just this, like, preparing for this podcast. But I think it, I think it's a good illustration, us being the block of marble and God being the, the sculptor. I mean, because that's that's what he is. He is molding us into um, whatever whatever he wants, whatever his purpose is for our lives. And sometimes that means that we're going to go through hard times and we need to allow that to happen. Yeah. And here's an encouraging word on that. So like he said, sometimes we're praying the wrong prayer. We're playing. We're praying. Just take this away from me rather than Lord, what are you doing through this? Can you please show me like how I'm growing through this? But here's an encouraging word from Romans 8. 26 and so it says likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness so our weakness our inability to sometimes see to the end picture um just our weakness in our own flesh wanting the suffering to just go away and it says for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words so that's just an encouraging word that even if you're praying for the wrong things but with the right heart and you're you're like truly seeking god in that struggle the Holy Spirit's going to intercede for you for what you need. He's going to say maybe something similar to like, he's asking for you to take the struggle away from him, but through this struggle, he's going to grow so much more. And so that's just a really encouraging word. Not to say that you don't need to reflect on your prayer life and see if you need to start praying different prayers, but that is just saying like, if you do mess up, there's, there's room for grace in that. And so that's really encouraging for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I think it just boils down to to what are we asking God for? Um, because I, I nobody wants to struggle. Nobody wants to suffer. I mean, I can think um, I deal with some anxiety issues, and I would love for that to just go away, like just wake up one day and, oh, okay, it's gone. But that's that's not reality, and I know that I've seen it push me closer to God because I'm telling you, if I didn't have my prayer life, um, if I didn't have scripture to turn to in moments of, or just in anxious moments, it would be, I, I don't know how people without Christ deal with anxiety, depression, any sort of um, mental, mental, um, just struggle. I, I don't, I, I can't fathom not having the crutch that is Jesus Christ. Um, that is, it's, it's just far-fetched to me, which I guess that's why we see it being such an issue across, especially young people, um, young people leaving the church or not going to church at all and then dealing with anxiety and things like that. And they don't have anyone to turn to. Um, but yeah, I think another thing we can add to this as far as how to find joy in suffering is find community. Um, find people that are, first of all, Christ followers. Um, find people that love the Lord and that aren't going to tell you what you want to hear. Because I know for me, a lot of times, my friends and the people I trust is my community. What I want to hear is not what they tell me. Um, a lot of times my struggles are self-inflicted um, and I cater to my struggles instead of trying to get rid of them. But I just think community is, uh, it's biblical. It is probably the most important thing uh, for a Christian because isolation and going about this this life alone is um, recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Satan thrives in isolation. That's exactly where he wants you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what do you guys think? I, Emma, have you seen community? How have you seen community work in your life? Um, I don't know. I think accountability from my Christian friends has been very helpful and just like seeing them text me, Hey, how can I pray for you? Even the smallest little thing like that. I'm just like, first of all, that's super heartwarming knowing that they are taking the time out of their day to pray for you and all of that. Um, but also like just holding you accountable. Like that just makes me, when they ask me stuff like that, I'm just like, Oh wow. Like I want to do that. I want you know, I need to be in the word more and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that's how, and also just when I'm going through anxiety and all of that, obviously I rely on the Lord and scripture and even worship music, but hanging out with your Christian friends who are a really great positive influence on you, literally it calms me so much. I don't know how to explain it, but it's very helpful. So No, for sure. I, I think community, it doesn't even have to be, that you're sitting down, open up the Bible and, and pulling out scripture and, and speaking that into their life. Community is just being, I mean, that's obviously part of it, but community can just be being present with people. Playing taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. <laughs> yes, playing taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. Cause that is, again, if you want to sponsor us, let's do it. Um, oh my God. No, no, she's right. Just having having a good time with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is so heartwarming, so just um, uplifting. 
And so I, I encourage you, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, go find a local church, first of all. That's what you need to do. And then get plugged in. Um, and if that church doesn't want to allow you that avenue, find another church. Um, and that's just that's just harsh reality because that's what churches are for, is to find community, find people that are going to pour into you, find opportunities to serve, because I promise suffering gets a whole lot easier when you have people that are praying for you, caring for you, that you can turn to in in moments of, of, of struggle, because I, I couldn't do it without my friends. I mean, I said that earlier, like church family, man, mm-hmm. like the support that they had for my family. Oh my gosh. So crazy to see. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think in, I think we can probably wrap up here. I think the last thing I want to hit on is in your suffering, because you, you still hear the question, how am I going to find joy in suffering? Well, a question you need to ask yourself, we said find community, We've said, look to Jesus. We've said um, all these things, but what in your suffering, what are you feeding? Um, how, how do you find joy in suffering? Start with what you're doing in suffering. Um, when you're going through struggles, are you going to the Lord and Scripture, or are you feeding anxiety and fear and worry? Are you talking to those things instead of talking to God about your struggles? Because just like, I don't know, I'll use a gym reference again. If I choose to feed myself McDonald's and and Don's and Chick-fil-A and all this stuff, I'm going to grow and it's going to be an unhealthy growth. But if I choose to go to the gym and eat right and and watch my calories and eat things that I should and do things like that, I'm going to see healthy growth. So if I'm struggling and I choose to talk to my fear and anxiety, I'm going to see unhealthy growth. If I'm struggling and I choose to talk to God about it and take it to the Lord and take it to Scripture and see what the Bible has to say about it, I'm going to see healthy growth. Um, does that mean the struggle is going to go away as we've talked about? No, it doesn't. Maybe if that's God's will, um, but I can promise you it's going to be a lot easier to handle with God on your side. Um, with God, I mean, God knows your struggles, but I promise He wants you to talk to Him about it. Um, he is a loving, caring forgiving, merciful, gracious God that, that cares about every fiber of your being. And so take your struggles to him. How, how do you find joy in suffering? Talk to, talk to God, um, find community. J- just don't, don't do what the world would have you do and isolate and, and just let your fears and struggles and worries and anxieties just fester and grow because that's a, a recipe for just so many, so many bad things. Um, so yeah, that I, I think that's just our encouragement. Like just just going back really quickly, James saying, "Count it all joy." You don't need to celebrate your sufferings. That's not that's not the case. But know as a Christian, or if you are uh, not a Christian right now, know that there is a route that in your suffering you can see something so much greater, and that is the end goal for all Christians, and that is to spend eternity with Jesus in his presence, worshiping and praising him. Mm-hmm. So suffering, when I have that knowledge, looks so tiny. Um, it, it looks like nothing um, because I know just the, the greatness of what's coming. I actually just thought of a, a good analogy. I think this is a good analogy anyways. Um, what you're saying about celebrating your suffering, not celebrating that, but celebrating what comes from it. Mm-hmm. And I think the same can go with, I'm going to go back for another gym reference because this just popped in my mind. So after a really hard gym day, 
I'm not going to go home and just celebrate the fact that I can't lift my arm off the couch, that I can't grab the remote, but I'm going to celebrate the fact that because of that soreness, I'm going to see growth. My muscles are going to grow. I'm going to feel better. And so in the same way with our sufferings, we're not going to sit there and celebrate, uh, oh, yes, I'm so glad my grandmother died. But we're going to say like, oh, I'm so glad that fill in the blank, whatever, whatever good came from that, whatever growth came from that. And so I think that really, that analogy really helps me simplify that to just apply that to suffering as well, as well. That was kind of my little nugget of wisdom for the day. That was, good. <laughs> that was really good. Um, that's, that's a great analogy. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's all about th- changing your, your thought process and suffering. Cause this question is something that I've thought about. I think every Christian who's read James one, uh, th- these verses has really questioned, okay, James, how like that, that's such a wild concept to celebrate your, or count it joy and suffering. So I hope that through this, we gave you some insight that we, um, really, I don't know, broke down. I, I feel like we had a good conversation. I, I grew through this. Um, you guys have any final thoughts you want to add? My, all mine's clear. I think I'm good. <laughs> Well, I think this was a great first episode. Thank you. Should we should we give her a shout out, the person that sent our first question? Eh. Nah. 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 <laughs> she knows. Um, now, this was a really good first question. Actually, we'll see. No, don't tell her. We're going to give her a shout out, and we'll see if she listens, because this oh. is going to be at the end of the episode. So, Carly, thank you for the question. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell you that we did this, but we're going to see if you know, because we'll see if you listen to the episode. Anyways, yeah, this was a great first episode. I really enjoyed this question. We got to talk about something that's prevalent in every Christian's life. And Mm so um, we'll put out, I don't know when our next episode will be out. We've got a lot going on in the next week or so, um, but we will put out a question box on our Instagram that you can send in questions to us and we'll, uh, we might get to it. but we'll definitely definitely take it into consideration, pray over it, and uh, yeah, like I said, don't know when we'll see you again, but this has been the We Might Have Answers podcast. Emma and Hudson. Bye, guys. Say bye. See ya. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>